This episode of GameSphere is brought to you by, of course, DigitalOcean. DigitalOcean recently announced their new app platform service, which is a solution to build modern cloud-native apps. With App Platform, you can build, deploy, and scale apps and static websites quickly and easily. Simply point to your GitHub repository and let the App Platform do all the heavy lifting. It has support for Node.js, Python, Go, PHP, Ruby, static sites, and Docker. DigitalOcean runs their app platform on their own infrastructure, so your costs are significantly lower than with other products. Plus, they built this new app platform on top of DigitalOcean Kubernetes, providing a smoother migration path so you can take more control over your infrastructure setup. As a listener of the GameSphere podcast and the Destination Linux network, you can get started for free. And in fact, better than free, because DigitalOcean is giving you a $100 of credit when you sign up by going to do.co slash dln. That's do.co forward slash dln. We want to thank DigitalOcean for sponsoring this episode of the GameSphere and for generally being kind to the Destination Linux network. Thank you very much, DigitalOcean. That's uh, wonderful. So what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? We're here with uh, the amazingly bad game playing Ryan. What? <laughs> Wait a minute. That's no introduction. <laughs> You should totally expect sarcasm at this point. Yes, that's true. <laughs> We're here with a new take on GameSphere. Um, uh, first off, I want to thank Chris Weir for what he had started with the network and stuff. Uh, really enjoyed the gaming focus shows and stuff. Um, big gamers, everyone knows, and sometimes to the detriment because I'm always enable calling an enabler. And kind of like Ryan just kind of enabled himself to die right there. Uh, You're not supposed to tell people that. Well, I am. So, you know, (laughs) it's fun. Uh, So the whole concept of the show is a tailored gaming experience. Trying different, get gamers who aren't gamers to be, try to play games that they have a general, might have a general interest in. So in Ryan's case, he likes cyberpunk. I love cyberpunk, man. Cyberpunk is just one of my favorite genres right up there with medieval. Like if it's medieval or cyberpunk, you can count me in. So this was a cool choice from your point. So for those that don't know what this game is, as it is labeled, it's called Black Future 88. Yes, this is playable on Linux, totally um, through Proton. It is put out by Good Shepherd Entertainment as the publisher. I can't remember the name of the dev right off the top of my head, but. Uh, so it's a 16 bit mix of, I would call it cyberpunk or almost Metroidvania meets Contra. Like that's the only way I can really call only way I can really kind of compare those two. And it is co-op. We're seeing Ryan play right now because, you know, it's always fun to make fun of Ryan. Wait, you said you wanted uh, me to show my gameplay because of my fantastic skills, not to make fun of me. Well, yeah, you're fantastic. I might have stretched the truth. All right, that's fair enough. (laughs) The whole concept of this game is obviously you can tell by the cyberpunk aesthetic and colorful 16-bit. The thing I like about this game is 
it's roguelike in the fact that you literally have basically 18 minutes to beat the game and it's constantly regenerating and doing new things. You have gun upgrades, weapons upgrades, health upgrades, all you know, all the RPG type stuff that you would find in a, a roguelike type game too. And the nice thing with this is it's not uber expensive. It's about a $20 game. So first up, let's let's talk about the visual art style. Uh, what's your take on how the visuals, Ryan? Well, I mean, clearly you have to have a appreciation for pixelated graphics to start with. And I think, though, these are good pixelated graphics. They're well done. They're well implemented. I like the neon environments that they have going on in the backgrounds. I wish there was more of a destructible environment when you talk about the graphics and things and some of the background elements. I like being able to destroy random things and, you know, manipulate the environment in that way. But I think overall the graphics are good. You can tell what that you have a human looking character with your pixelated art and, um, you know, the nice neon flashing, the rain scene that you're seeing right now coming down. It, it all translates basically, even though it's not a triple a graphic game which is cool yeah definitely oh and ryan's running into one of the bosses um i will die soon also known as one of the wardens ryan you just gotta learn how to not die like you know that's the hardest part about playing video games the not dying part see i love video games it's the being good at them that's that i'm not good at it's it's the being good part where you know Ryan and I always have this joke about who spends more time staring at the ground, him or me. And in this game, probably him. Uh, oh, without a doubt. <laughs> um, Ryan, are are like these 2D side-scroller type action games really your generic flavor of games, though? They're not, typically. I have created... There actually was a particular um, Twitch streamer, Man versus Game that got me into these style of games originally. Now, I don't think he even streams anymore. If he does, he's not as popular, but he was one of the originals that were out there on back when it was, what was it? Jason TV or something along those oh, lines. Just, Justin TV. Justin TV. There you yeah. go. Uh, so he was one of the OGs and he'd been around for a long time. And he just had this passion with these games that you would see where you know, he would be digging the soundtracks, typical soundtracks, you know, the kind of 8-bit sound that I at the time hadn't really created a affinity for appreciation for. And then the graphics, how well they're able to take these kind of pixelated characters and still make them look human or tell that you have a different weapon and things. And because of his passion and that that kind of love for this, it kind of instilled it in me. So while I typically don't hunt these t- style of games out, I s- have kind of learned over time to appreciate the art and this genre of, of gaming it's, but it's not something I seek out actively. The same with me, you know, for a long time, I was never really a big, one of these kind of game fans. Um, you know, obviously I like you, I mean, you grew up around the same kind of console generations. I like, this was one of like the main styles of games and it just, other than maybe the mega man games, this, these type of games really never appealed to me all that much. But th- things like this, actually, I like because it incorporates one of my other loves. Like you, I'm a big cyberpunk fan. For those that don't know, just go see me fanboy over decks a lot. Um, exactly. And I don't I- mean I don't mean the Samsung thing. Because <laughs> uh, this kind of reminds me of decks in the 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 two two point five D kind of gameplay that is there. 
and the side-scrolling nature of it, but that cyberpunk aesthetic. A lot less of a story, I feel like, than oh, oh. a Dex and more of just get in there and start playing. I kind of view this as like one of those competitive side-scrollers that mm-hmm. you would go on. I mean, you obviously the plot of this whole thing is you have a bomb in your heart. The whole world's destroyed itself. I mean, there's more details than that, but essentially the whole world's destroyed itself. Typical cyberpunk kind of theme. You've got everyone's going to die. It's just a matter of when, and you've got a limited amount of time to go and defeat this boss. Although if we're all going to die, I'm not sure why you're doing it, but either way, we don't need to go too detailed into the story. That's what it is. But so the concept really, it's got a nice kind of beginning you know, flip scene, standing flip scene that, that cuts mm-hmm. in. And this is really what I see somebody who is really good at these type of games trying to do speed runs through and showing how fast they can get through these various elements, maybe on a Twitch stream. Or again, of course, if you enjoy these playing this type of game just by yourself, that's fine too. But I can see this being something competitive. Yeah, to me, this is uh, definitely a, a speedrunners game. Like that's a whole con. Uh, obviously, yeah. you have the eighteen minutes to live kind of thing. So it, there's an incentive to make it to the top of the the dungeon. Which one are you going to choose, Ryan? I don't know. <laughs> We've got an option here. This is one of the cool things I like about this game. So when you die, which I do a lot of, it doesn't always hinder you in fact dying is kind of part of progressing you unlock new weapons new abilities new things that come through the game so while death is a constant here it's almost a reward in a way in that as long as you've at least made an attempt to get as far as you can you're going to get some experience and start unlocking things then there are areas like this that are on the screen where i have an option for returner reflect projectiles back to their sender Heels are better and give you armor if you don't have any. And a fancy hat. Extra charisma gets you shop discounts. Well, we know I need more help in-game. Returner it is. Yeah, so it's got to be a returner option here and see if that helps me at all. But I do want to point out, I beat the boss there. And I don't think you thought I was going to beat the boss. The, so. fir- the first one's a give me. Oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I've died in those give me moments in video games, too, before. So uh, I know That's not a guarantee. I know <laughs> I give you no guarantees. So uh, what is your how do you how do you feel about the overall like controllability of the game, though, from what you've been playing so far? So this is definitely a controller based game. Now, I like to use the Logitech controller. Uh, I know a lot of people like the Xbox or PlayStation, but this Logitech, what is it here? F210, F310 controller just works whether you're in Linux or you're in Windows. It's kind of a PlayStation 3 knockoff, I would say, style controller that I've been using. But I did uh, try this with an Xbox controller, Xbox One X controller and a PS4 controller. All of those work. The controls are a little bit weird. It's a twin stick shooter. So you're using one stick to move your character and one stick to shoot. Although there are other mappings available on the controller that will do those same things too. It's taken me a little bit to get used to. It's not your standard control setup that you would expect uh, for me anyways. What did you think? I thought the controls were, if you've played these type of games before or any type of uh, twin stick shooters that, you know what kind of to expect. Um, it kind of reminds me of certain portions of uh, 
the hacking minigame in Dex. Um, it also reminds me of games like Ruiner, which is also FYI, another cyberpunk game that I might make a recommendation for you, by the way. It reminds me of a lot of those kind of games where, you know, your, your aiming and your firing is based on where your movement is and that kind of stuff. Um, the, the nice thing that I did like is if you do decide to go mouse and keyboard, it's WASD with the mouse basically being where you're aiming at. Um, they, they do accommodate, but it, controller highly, highly recommended. One of the other things that I love about this, though, is like what you were showing is not only can you get upgrades to the, the like you as the character, but like in Contra and other games of that kind, you get weapon upgrades like you had that laser weapon for a little bit. Now you have a right. dual shot. Um, there is one weapon that I believe has infinite ammo. I think that's your normal weapon, which is just a one shot you know, per bullet gun. Uh, really, f I like a lot of the, the the aspects and like the thing I like right here is kind of like the. Oh, what a surprise! I died, but this <laughs> uh, is a good point. Actually, good to talk about. Is see, you could see that I died, but I actually got an award now. Challenging shortcut can be found from in the arboretum. Arboretum? I don't know. Arboretum. Cistern shortcut. But basically, I'm getting, I'm leveling up, and new things are unlocking based mm -hmm. on how far I got in the game. Which yes, is cool. Like you got better accuracy. Well, that's going to help you because you're going to need that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to need a lot more than that, my friend. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, so that that's another aspect of the unlocks that are cool. Like the character progression is actually, it's not just, oh, how far can I get? And I don't get any rewards for it. Like that, that's something that I really like about the game as far as like a gameplay element to it. So all the levels are procedurally generated. And so every time you get in, it will be slightly different. One mm -hmm. of the things I would have liked to have seen is more variation in the levels. Yeah, it's a $20 game. It's not a cheap game for a side school. It's not an expensive game, but it's not a cheap game for a side school. And I would have loved to see more variety. And I think based on their updates that they do, seems pretty often in this game that we might get that in the future. But that variety would definitely help kind of keep this fresh every time you boot it up. There, there is more variety the further you get, uh, but generically, like most of these games in this this type of genre, it's very flat as far as like what uh, what to expect. You know, you're gonna have verticality, you're gonna have enemies in between the verticalities and the platforms and that kind of stuff. Like, like that's just kind of the genre, unfortunately. I think um, with it being procedurally generated and within that frame, I think that that's probably just maybe a limit of the genre. To just my take but the one thing i i do agree with is that there there could be a bigger emphasis on some type of variety like this like this this, this is totally different from the last <laughs> one of the last bosses you fought ryan oh yes i hate this boss uh much more difficult especially since in this procedurally generated world i did not explore so i'm stuck with the basic weapons that you start with which makes it much harder now if you go and you kind of uh, level yourself up before you get to the bosses which you do have that choice mm -hmm. when you want to go to the boss or not you're going to have a much easier time than trying to do it the way i'm doing it here but you now, know i just like the challenge that's what it is now do be aware that you also have like a, a dash that makes you invulnerable for a bit too so like if you use the Correct. dash it's basically a, like a shield for you 
And, oh, hey, look, a rocket launcher, something you might actually need because you're terrible. And hey, look, I died again. Are you surprised? So is there actually a level past this or is that the end boss? Because I've never gotten past it. <laughs> it keeps it, it climb to the top of the tower. That is the whole point. So keep yeah. going. All right. Good. Is there an end to this game? Do you know? Yes, there is an end. Very cool. Um, like I said, the, this is this is a speedrunners game. Uh, so one of the things I do like, kind of harping back to the graphics, is like when like when you fire your gun or like some of these um, smoke effects and that kind of stuff around the characters. It's just you know like the, the there's a nice like whim like whimsical kind of back blow to them. So the I just like that kind of like art style. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I think they've put a lot of details in here that if you don't look for it, you're going to miss. You could just look at this and say, oh, it's just an 8-bit pixelated, you know, 16-bit pixelated looking game. But when you really look at the details they put into here and all of the different elements of shops and things that they've added, um, I'm in this section now where become fire and explosion proof, another kind of upgrade portal section that I found that you can unlock. You can also plant things that give you more time Mm -hmm. Later on, I didn't quite get through all of those concepts, but there's just a lot of different details they've tried to throw in this game to add some variety, and I really appreciate it. You could tell it's a work of passion from the creators. Yeah. Well, the nice thing is, is like that 18 minutes, there are ways to try to expand that that time. So the, to me, you know, because that, that's the whole... If you ever watch the the animated intro trailer that's on Steam which by the way is actually really good. It's one of those things where there's ways to extend that 18 minutes. If you want to, you know, just level up more and all that kind of stuff. But that the generic concept is get there as quick as you can. And that that's kind of what, what I like about it. And the fact that like from a controllability point of view, to me, I think it's, it, it's easy enough for people to get like pick up and play hard to master kind of deal. It is not an easy game, and that can be one of the frustrating parts until you realize that it's not meant to be, right? It's meant to make you a better player in this genre. Mm-hmm. You've got to be a good player. You've got to level up your own skill to really be effective in this game. Yeah, You have to want to improve. It's like a Ninja Gaiden game or any of those kind of games where it's like the whole point is play more, get better. And, you know, practice, practice, ah, practice makes perfect kind of deal. I also like how they don't try to cheat with the environment. A lot of these games in this genre will create these impossible jump (laughs) areas where everything sends you into, you know, death and hurts you. And if you have fall damage and you've got so many elements you're trying to keep track of that it becomes not enjoyable. And in this game, I feel like they've kept things very fair. If you drop from the top all the way down, you just jump back up you're not going to take unnecessary damage although i do feel like they held back the heels and the ammo and stuff a little much but that's just because i suck at playing well of course yeah. you don't have to agree with that you could well you, you everyone you know come out you could come out and be like no ryan you're actually really good i'm so impressed with your gameplay here i'm so impressed you haven't died more <laughs> thanks bro <laughs> And that's me being nice. <laughs> <laughs> you've really, you've really stepped up your nice game there. I appreciate it. <laughs> so 
uh, let's talk about sound. How how do you feel about the 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 sound in the game? And when when I say sound, obviously I'm talking, you know, the ambient sounds, the gunfire, the you know, just everything that's wrapped in it, voice, music, that kind of stuff. I think they did good with overall. It's not distracting. It's also not something that I would be like, oh, I want to go download this and play it in my car all the time. But it's good. It's it it fits the genre. Uh, I think the gun sounds and things are perfect. They, it blends in, I think is the best way I can describe the overall music and sound is it's not something that's going to blow you away, but it's also not something that's going to distract you. Yeah. Uh, same here. Like I, I feel the, the sound is solid. The gameplay effects and uh, the sound effects for the guns and all that kind of stuff is good. The ambient noise is good. Like I'm, in that case that where you were just playing here, you know, the machine guns actually sound like, Oh, Hey, that's a lot of bullets. Right. Um, the music is minimum, like minimalist, but it's got like this weird minimalist, but cyberpunk minimalist. So there's ambience to it. And Ryan, you're going to want to dash a lot. Just going to say, yeah, this guy's <laughs> killed me every time I faced him. Um, <laughs> So there's no chance I'm beating him. No. So we'll get to see Ryan die a lot right now. So with with the sound and whatnot, though, I think that there, like you, there there is areas that I think they could have done a little more with, particularly in the in the the music soundtrack. It's not bad by any means, but I think there could have been more. Definitely. Um. Again, the ambient stuff, you know, like the train crashing through right here and the doors opening, like small stuff is there that you, you wouldn't necessarily notice if you weren't paying attention to it. But that kind of stuff is really, really cool to me um, that they did incorporate that kind of stuff. The explosion effects are not overwhelming. Um, I think the only gripe I might have, and this could have been just between me and Ryan playing, but the, the default audio seems a bit high. Now that could have been on our end, you know, with our audio setup, but if that's the generic audio setup, it's a bit high. Um, just for like the master volume and stuff. What the heck was that? Did you see? They just, I just complimented them on traps and then they put that thing in there. Well, moly procedurally (laughs) generated. (laughs) It was for those listening to just the podcast part. It was just a gauntlet of gunfire you had to run through. It was literally firearms and top to bottom. And good thing you missed the flaming wall of fire there in the middle too. By yeah. the way, so right there. <laughs> but even that, uh, in fairness, it's not cheap, right? Like you, I could see that if I sat there and checked the timing and stuff, I could have figured out. What's the best way to hit that? Yeah, uh, there's um, a pat- the right pattern recognition and stuff is there. Yeah, um, totally. W- within the procedurally generated environments. Now, is this a game that you would typically play if we weren't reviewing it? Is this a game you're like, hey, I'm going to relax, had a bad day at work, I'm going to go pick this up and knock some gameplay out? Uh, so here's the thing with this whole experiment of a show that we're doing. These are not games that I would generically play either. Because the the thing I'm more of a for those that don't know or haven't listened to Dion Extend, which I'm also on and I talk about a lot about gaming, is that 
I prefer more insular experiences. I'm more of a single player, like RPG guy. Like, give me a Tales of Brazaria or those type of games. I'm very story focused and experience focused as far as like, give me a good experience and gameplay and a story. That's what I care about. These kind of games to me are real fun when you can get the the co-op feel it's almost kind of like when we used to play um ballistic overkill i'm not a big fan of generically arena shooters but what makes them fun is when you have the right group or the right structure of people yeah this game's fun when you're able to have that co-op experience because there is co-op here now i want to discuss that particular portion and i think that's a area to to discuss is the remote play together feature it's tagged with it but for some reason we, we've tried this on four different operating systems <laughs> neither <laughs> word you know we, we tried windows to windows linux to linux windows to linux and vice versa and it did not work now I'm not sure what their definition of remote play together is because we, when we did get it to quote unquote work, the biggest thing that we noticed is you can control the one character. Yeah. One character at a time. So either you could play the character and take over controls right now, or I could, but, but there like, was no two at the same time, which would be really helpful to me right now. Fighting well, this new boss. Yeah. <laughs> who is ridiculous. By the way, I cannot be any of these bosses. The only one I could beat is profit S <laughs> Prophet S is the only boss that I can beat. Anybody except that, it's just a no-go. It's just because Ryan's terrible at games, let's just be honest. Or this game. You know what's good about that is if you have a friend that's like, oh, I'm a really good gamer, this is a good game to whip out and be like, are you? Are you really? really? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you might be able to learn Call of Duty because you play it for 90 hours at a time, but when you stick a game like this out there... You're going to think differently uh, about whether you're good at gaming. Yeah, so these type of games are very specific to to the the crowd that they are for. Most, I'm not saying all, but most of the the Call of Duty, you know, I just want to multiplayer games. These might not fit your your flavor of games, which is weird because, you know, the whole thing with like Call of Duty multiplayer is all about, you know, it's basically a bullet heck kind of game, um, which to me is is weird that most wouldn't generically find these games interesting, like especially like games like this, where that's the entire thing. It's like, you know, <laughs> What was it? What's the thing from Dodgeball? Dodge, duck, dip, dive, dodge. <laughs> right. That's you're kinda... not going to be a meat shield in this game no. and have any fun. Like it's all about strategy and positioning and, mm-hmm. and Le- upgrading your character, upgrading your character, learning patterns, and the, you know, sometimes you have to look at the environment more than just run through the environment, which is what a lot of uh, FPS games tend to be. From my, from what I've played of them and you know obviously and with this being procedurally generated you're not gonna know what the environment looks like because every time it's different and hey ryan it's kind of like michael in um ballistic overkill he could only kill people when he had the sword yeah that's that this is a tribute to michael here (laughs) me running around with a sword 
but I love that they added the sword element in too. So you yeah. do have that kind of melee option and it's done in a way that it's not cheap and you have to, I would say it almost takes more skill, unlike Michael and Ballistic Overkill, to use the sword in this game than uh, a, a gun. I totally agree. And see, like, little details like the John Woo-inspired dove floating out of, like, the, the entrance there when you get to uh, yeah. the, to where you, you're going to be fighting the boss next. Like, stuff like that, and a little touch like that to me are really cool. You also have daily challenges, too, yep. that pop up. So if this is the type of game that you love, this game has daily challenges to kind of keep it fresh and really get you $20 worth um, out of it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so we, we've talked about sound, graphics, controllability. Um, we talked a little bit about the, the problem with the the remote play. Again, this is just our experience. Not saying it's broken, but we're just saying from our experience that we played, it didn't work. We're not saying well. it's broken, but it's broken. <laughs> no, we're, we're giving our experience. That's the difference. Okay, but again, first impressions. So the remote play together feature, first impression, not great. <laughs> just saying. Is that more on the Steam side than the game developer that, side? I, I, I think it's more on the Steam side, but I think if it's an advertised feature, it's something that the dev might want to look into. Right. That makes sense. Uh, um, again, it, it could be totally related to Steam. It could be something on, like on our end. But again, these are just our experience and kind of first impressions with it. Who would you say? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I just ran out of that area with the gauntlet guns uh, for those listening. That is fantastic. They, I, they, noped, they, I noped right out of there. They, they don't do cheap things. Uh-oh. uh so the thing i would ask is would you keep playing this though like if if as a uh, say in a because this does have local couch co-op so like i'm not saying you would play this with you know uh like your son or something but um you know would if you were doing a local multiplayer game would you fire this up with somebody i would and it took me a minute to get there to say that but that's kind of what I want to get across in this particular episode is that video games are very much an art form. And when you first see new art, new styles or different things that maybe aren't your typical taste, if you give them some time and kind of really think about all of the work that goes into every element from the controllability to the sound effects, to the types of bosses, to the environment all of this thing, it's a piece of art in a way. And that's why there's whole museums dedicated to preserving video games. And this game to me is one that if you spend some time with it, even if this isn't your genre and give it a try and try to appreciate the soundtrack, try to think about all the work that went into it. I think you'll find it's something that you'll boot up a lot more than maybe you traditionally would have thought. Yeah. See, for me, that that's the whole, like the whole thing with this sh- particular show is like i want man ryan died again gauntlet of firearms along the wall so i'll give him credit there was no chance there there was no (laughs) chance uh that's the thing i really want people to understand like this show is about introducing people even even me to stuff that is not necessarily within our our wheelhouse of preferences for when it comes to gaming and that kind of stuff because like ryan said games really are an art form and 
having worked in the industry long enough, for, particularly for gaming, I understand. I understand that people are kind of get stuck in their ways of like, oh, I only do Call of Duty. Oh, I only do Battlefield. Oh, I only do. And what I'm saying is, you're limiting your experience. It's kind of like Linux distros tailor the the experience to people's interest right. to maybe expand their interests. Like, I'm not a I'm a uh, I'm a KDE guy. I'm a plasma guy. So distros that generically use plasma or QT stuff, I'm more interested in. But there are distros that use, you know, GTK and GNOME stuff that I find intriguing. You know, uh, Budgie, Ubuntu Budgie is an example. Not the biggest fan of GTK stuff, but I can totally tailor that to how I want to and how I use it. That's stuff I like. And I normally that that's totally out of my wheelhouse. Yep. So. I think having that kind of openness and using some of the the knowledge I've gained over the years when it comes to the, the gaming industry and maybe giving and tailoring recommendations for people out of their wheelhouse or comfort. and But using it in a way that when I say tailored, I mean to stuff that they might be interested in already, but maybe a little different. Like in Ryan's case, he likes cyberpunk. Ryan, would you ever think about playing a, a Castlevania, you know, Metroidvania 2D twin stick shooter? No, this this <laughs> definitely doesn't fall into my traditional feel of a cyberpunk game. But when you kind of think about the environment and in, in this particular case, you've got to do some more thinking about the environment versus just expecting the the game developers to just spell it out for you when you start thinking about the different environments, the music, what's happening, the countdown timer at the top, cause your heart's going to explode. Cause it's got a bomb on it. The dystopian future, it's all there. And right. And, it's and all there. You not, just got to have a little more imagination and not to interrupt Ryan, but he actually beat the boss. He couldn't beat. Look at that. See, the more you play, the better you get. And, and you're going to be really skilled in this game. I still suck. But I'm better than I was. Well, Ryan, I guess you could say that's your saving grace. Because that's, yeah. that's the perk you just took. <laughs> Goodness, I was able to beat a boss while we were streaming this. So I would encourage people to, when you look at games, specifically what you can expect from this particular show is a tailored gaming experience to people's general interests. That will potentially help them expand their interests by maybe making a suggestion that they might not normally have looked at or even thought about. And I'm not going to lie, like th this is just as much of a uh, experiment and experience that I'm looking forward to because I want to expand my gaming stuff. And, you know, I, I have a ton and I'm in a ton of different genres, but stuff like this, if it wasn't like a Mega Man collection or something, really wouldn't interest me that much. And th this is as much my journey into different genres that I would normally not. I wouldn't say not give the time of day, but not put much consideration into it. Be like, oh, that's interesting, but not really much else. And that to me is far, far more important to get people who might not be gamers into gaming too. Because if you can tailor the experiences to what they do, as far as what they like, and say, hey, try this. You know, if someone likes narrative heavy story focused games, Maybe give them a, like a, a 
a Detroit become human or, you know, one of those type of games where it's literally the entire thing is narrative. That to me is far more interesting for people's growth because it shows that, uh, a, a willingness to want to try different things and, you know, make, give people, wait, let me try to restart that. Uh, it gives people an opportunity to have different experiences and, what are we in life without really having experience in something? That's what I really love about your concept for this show. As you have different people on to enjoy these games, you're picking them out. You're thinking about their personality, stuff that they like, and either challenging them or trying to find a different style of game that still fits that concept. And I think that in itself is going to be really cool to watch, especially when you get Michael on the show from destination Linux to see what he you're going to tease him with. I just feel like, Oh, I have an idea already. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) I mean, that's worth tuning in just by itself. I have an idea already, (laughs) but you're going to be rotating through the hosts on the destination Linux network. So Wendy will be on here. Eventually Um, you'll have Michael on here. You'll have Eric, Eric. all the different personalities from the (laughs) network. Um, you'll be picking out games for and that's going to be really fun to see uh, how well they play and maybe there will be a challenge at some point in the future too where we'll have a complete <laughs> game off between everybody you never know what's going to happen no nope. the the nice thing with this is while the show structure is kind of you know we gave the outline but it could vary occasionally and that's the nice thing because we could you know one of these weeks we might fire instead of doing a uh a video and a stream like this, we might fire up, you know, Zenotic and go play on the on our Zenotic server. So Just, after watching me play, I, I want your honest rating. Great gamer or greatest? <laughs> <laughs> Can we go to the negative zone? No, you know, I mean, those are the two choices I gave you. I think they're fair two choices. Well, well, well like Lennox, there's multiple choices on top of those choices. So... First ever. Uh, I've seen better. I've seen worse. <laughs> there you go. See, that, that's not our, the worst. But you are far from the best. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. So, uh, Ryan, what would you give this as an overall? Like, would you continue playing this? You know, I would probably give this a. Are, are we doing a star system or number system or whatever I want? Let's go out of 50. Uh, Like, what would you give this? Out of 50? Okay, I would probably go somewhere around 35, 40, somewhere in there. It it checks a lot of boxes for me. It's not my typical thing that I would play, like I said, but the more I play it, the more I appreciate it, and the more I discover about it. And so that, to me, means that they've done enough to add depth into this game where you're taking somebody who typically wouldn't play this at all and they're still finding joy. Like I have no, I'm not hoping for this to this discussion to end so that I can stop playing. I'm enjoying myself while talking about this game, which I think speaks volumes about it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, for me. And yes, I will explain the, the, the 50 rating after. So for me, uh, I'm probably in that same boat. Um, 35, like, like it's a strong seven for me. If we're going on like the typical 10 scale, it has so many different layers to it to look at it from like, like a gaming perspective. Like, do you enjoy the cyberpunk? Do you enjoy the, the 2d, um, you know, Metroidvania 
bullet storm kind of games, then the, this is definitely going to be up your alley. Do you enjoy uh, the Contra type games? Uh, this is going to be up your alley too. Uh, so there's a lot of different elements to it that I like. You know, um, you, you could say there's a roguelike element to it because of the the procedurally generated and all the other stuff. There's just a lot of different genres that it fall like will take off for a lot of different groups and i think that's really important because it brings in potentially a far wider audience for this game fun uh i have done the co-op and it like the local co-op and it is actually really really fun uh and i really just enjoy the game as a whole um it's hard don't get me wrong and i'm usually not one for like uh you know example ryan dying here shortly <laughs> what do you mean i think i'm doing amazing amazingly bad yes and Dude. this was the boss i said i claimed i could actually beat yeah i yep. been yep. able to beat it once yeah <laughs> so for me it is definitely probably about a 35 okay so for the 50 scale for those that are wondering if that way it falls into whatever way you want to translate that scale, you want to translate it to five stars. You want to translate it to, you know, a, a one to 10 ratio, one to five, uh, A, B, C, D, E, F kind of rating. If, if the, the 50 scale to me, if it, it takes everybody's box because they can interpret it however they want, but it, it, it has a solid, like, this is what it means. So translate it to whatever scale you want to put it on. And that's what it means. 50 is a 10, you know, a hundred, call it whatever you want. So that's why we're, why I would generically do a 50 scale. Nice. So it's not a run out and buy, but it's a, Hey, if you want to try something different, go out and buy. Is that how you would classify it? Yeah, I would, I would classify it as, uh, if I'm looking for a co-op game, like a local co-op game, this would definitely be on the list. I have no idea what I just accomplished getting to the other side of this fire gauntlet other than death. Well, you know, it's a thing you're used to, so whatever. <laughs> I got all the way over to the other side, took out all my health, and look at that. Did you see that perfect pattern run there? And Did you, you see that? Oh my so, gosh! So we'll, we'll make sure we'll make sure to edit that out of the show. <laughs> so Ryan, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, try out a new experience that you normally wouldn't. Always great, great talking to you. Um, I always like hearing different perspectives on games, and you know, enjoy the the journey on the gaming aspect of things. Because uh, I appreciate you having me on for your first episode. I'm so excited you're doing this because you have such a vast um, just appreciation for different types of games and music for that matter and you have a lot of thoughts on that stuff from an art perspective I think that's going to be really unique and then having all the different hosts and other guests on and getting their take on this is just going to add a whole awesome dynamic I think to the show so thank you for having me yeah definitely and one last thing for those that are wondering this is not going to be Linux specific I, I want to make that clear that <gasps> what do you mean the 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 tailored experience if you're on a linux user i will look for games that are playable on linux obviously i'm going to go by what you have for platforms i'm not going to go it. by what my definition of quote-unquote platform preference is because that's that goes against the antithesis of what i'm trying to do yep absolutely no i think that's awesome so at the end of the day 
Thank you, everybody, for taking the time to listen. Uh, Ryan, always appreciate it. And you can catch the next episode in two weeks. And we'll see who we got on. Um, I'm going to keep those a surprise. All kinds of terrible things can happen when you don't take care of your digital security. And that, of course, includes your passwords. The password manager used and trusted by the Destination Linux network is Bitwarden. Bitwarden lets you set up things like a pin to easily access your password manager, as well as additional authentication, such as master passwords and adding phrases to fingerprint security, all the things to keep your passwords safe. Bitwarden is the easiest and safest way for individuals, teams, and businesses to store, share, and sync sensitive data. Go to bitwarden.com forward slash DLN to get started for free. To make things even better, Bitwarden is 100% open source. You can self-host and their code is audited. Go to bitwarden.com forward slash DLN to get started for free. The $10 a year premium account gets you a one gigabyte of encrypted file storage, two-step login with YubiKey, U2F, Duo, Vault Health Reports, time-based one-time password authenticator storage and generation, priority customer support. So, from the bottom of my heart, I would like to thank Bitwarden for sponsoring this episode of Gamesphere and for all around being a good egg to the Destination Linux Network. Thank you very much.